Support for this podcast comes from Blackline and U.S. Bank. Hello, this is Marianne Caserta, CFO of Atreon, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 220. How as a finance leader are you driving driving change in your organization? How are you driving change within your organization? In this episode, we speak to Johanna Richmond, CFO of the ASPCA. When I came in, one of the things that was required was to build a new finance team. Apparently, they were not able to get the right talent into this organization. This is something that I had done So when I came in, I felt well prepared to address that concern. And I did study how the the requirements of the organization, how the process was working in the finance department. And I set about to restructure completely the finance function from top to bottom. Listen to our complete interview with Johanna after these words from our sponsor. Many accounting and finance professionals are facing a sizable obstacle these days. In this age of data enlightenment, their financial close processes leave no time for data analysis. The very activity that opens the door to new opportunities and career advancement. Blackline has the answer. By automating, centralizing, and streamlining financial close operations, Blackline customer organizations are now ready for the data-centric world, allowing their finance and accounting professionals to open the door to new opportunities. To learn more, visit blackline.com forward slash CFO. Hello, we're speaking with Johanna Richmond, CFO of the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Certainly, the ASPCA is one not-for-profit here in the States we all know well. Johanna, welcome. Oh, thank you, Jack. So, Johanna, we met after you stepped off the podium after uh, giving a presentation at CFO Rising, which is a, a finance leadership event, on the topic of the recruiting, engaging, and retaining of millennials. Currently, uh, millennials make up 60% of the ASPCA's workforce, so clearly this is a subject area you're well familiar with, and we're looking forward to discussing some of what you shared. But first, as always, we like to find out a little bit about you and those uh, career experiences you believe helped prepare you for a CFO role, what would those have been? Well, I believe that my experience at Deloitte was extremely helpful in preparing me for this role. When I was at Deloitte, I got to speak with many CFOs. Um, when I was doing the audit process, I got to observe what they were working on, concentrating on, what knowledge they had, how they handled themselves, the executive leadership they displayed. And I feel that early on in my career, having that introduction to many CFOs in different organizations was extremely helpful 
to understanding some of the things required in a CFO position. So when you stepped into your current role at the ASPCA, what was the kind of job that you wanted to create for yourself? Well, when I stepped in at the ASPCA, I was already made aware of the concerns that the organization, both the board, the CEO, uh, and the rest of the executive leadership team had about the finance function here. So I thought about my past experiences, and I drew upon that knowledge when I came in, and one of the things that was required was to build a new finance team. Apparently, they were not able to get the right talent into this organization. This is something that I had done both at Deloitte in organizations looking at why finance functions were not properly working and making recommendations and also in each of my organizations where I did restructure the finance operation. So when I came in, I felt well prepared to address that concern. And I did study how the the requirements of the organization, how the process was working in the finance department, and I set about to restructure completely the finance function from top to bottom. First thing I had to do was understand the type of work that the finance department was required to handle. So in previous organizations, it was the workflow was different than at the ASPCA. You would expect that most finance departments or accounting departments are operating the same, but it's not it's not true. Each organization has a different work process that must be understood. So I took time to see what responsibilities each person would handle. In our organization, we spend a lot of time on investment accounting. That was a big part of our our finance operation. We also spent a lot of time with cash management. We didn't have any treasury function in this department. So I set about now building a treasury function, building an investment accounting team, also assuring that each person on the team had the appropriate mentor and leadership above them to make sure all staff members were successful in their roles. Ordinarily, I would ask the question, tell us about your current competitive landscape for your firm's products or services. So when you think of competition, who would it be? Well, other notable not-for-profits, when not so much in the animal welfare field because the ASPCA is really thought as the leader in that field. We can do for animals what no other organization is able to do. 
We recently were in North Carolina rescuing 700 animals from horrific conditions. We don't know of any other animal welfare organization that could have done what we do in that type of situation. Also, we're setting the standards for forensic vets um, education-wise and um, expanding the knowledge of forensics for animals. But what we do compete for, of course, are donor dollars. And very, there's, there's very notable not-for-profits doing amazing work. So setting ourselves apart from those is something that we try to do through social media. Also, uh, building a base of, of donors that give to us monthly. We call them the guardians. We also try to be sure that we keep our the information about this organization flowing to our donors and cultivate new donors all the time through social media and it is showing people what conditions animals sometimes endure and asking for their help. Johanna, that rescue effort, I just Googled rescue, animal rescue, North Carolina, and of course various headlines popped up related to this large effort that the ASPCA undertook. Um, and what I wonder about is what role does finance play in these types of uh, mission-critical uh, initiatives that happen from time to time. Clearly, there was a lot of money or funding that had that's, to be deployed. That's correct. Uh, you know, we make sure that they have all the financial resources they need. This was such a large effort. They had to, uh, and, and of course, these things are very often done um, without any announcement. So it is done silently. Nobody is aware that this is going to happen. One of my staff went on the what they call deployment to North Carolina, and she actually worked alongside with those rescuing animals, and her role was really to understand why it was very difficult for the people who were on deployment to get their expense reports in on time. <clears throat> she actually handles expense report, the you know, expense reporting here in my department. And she came back and said to me, I have such a different perspective now. She said, I never realized from dusk till dawn these people are working and there is no time to do an expense report. Getting out of the department into other areas of any company is going to be like a game changer for the team. And I realize that it's not always easy, but with advanced planning and a little bit of effort, it it really can be done. 
clearly there was a there's an issue though there with expense reports coming in all during the course of a quarter, no predictability, perhaps. Was there a, a solution after the fact? Yes, we actually added another staff member to help this group um, and just concentrate on this group that goes on deployment. And basically, all they would have to do is, you know, take their iPhone and send their receipts into uh, a new position that I'm putting in my department, and we will do those expense reports for them. Now, can you share with us the key metrics that you rely on to reveal how the ASPCA is performing? Yes, uh, we have both financial metrics and also our development department has metrics that they use, including um seeing what is happening, you know, how many people open up an email that we send them, how many people uh, are liking us on Facebook, how many people are responding to certain uh, calls for help through either social media. We have campaigns that go on through social media, how many people participate, how many people attend our events. All of these are things that we track so that we know whether something is working for our donors or not. In the finance department, clearly we use other metrics to make sure that we are financially a sound organization and that we are meeting all of our objectives. If we have a, a certain program that we would like to, you know, initiate or build upon, like our spay-neuter operations, saving lives means that more animals should be spayed and neutered. How many of these spay neuters did we accomplish on our van, um, in our clinics, so that we know that we are working to save animal lives? That's funny. So when you hear the word customer, does it does it immediately mean the donor, or do you use the word customer in a different way, or do you not use it at all? We, I have not heard that term since... Um, I've been here. We actually feel that the animals we serve are, you know, are our customers, but uh, it's not necessarily a term that we use here at the ASPCA. No, it's interesting. It's not a good fit, is it? It's just uh, just a little wrong for both uh, your donors as well as the animals that you uh, protect and save. You're really measuring how engaged your community is yes. with the ASPCA. So that's attendance at meetings, that's uh, social media. Are they engaged? Are we really giving them information they want and approve of? And, and uh, in a way, that's your customer success metrics. I, yes, I would. absolutely. So we always ask for what uh, we call an aha moment. And uh, this is, of course, um, a moment of strategic insight that you have had along the way during your finance career or as a finance leader, something that finance helped reveal to you uh, that allowed you to perhaps uh, identify an opportunity 
point uh, the team in a new direction, whatever it may have been. Can you share with us? Is there an aha moment that you can share with us? Well, my aha moment is um, it's relatively simple, but I think it's very important. You know, at some point in my career, I started to realize that I personally could handle less and less. I attend a lot of meetings. I go to different, you know, uh, events. So I need to have a very strong team under me. And I need to have a loyal team. And building, I found that building team loyalty requires that the CFO be genuinely invested in each person's career. I have people that have followed me from job to job because they enjoy working with me. And this is because I make sure to provide them with learning opportunities. I develop each person and ensure that each member of my team has responsibilities that will allow them to stretch and opportunities to feel make them feel accomplished and recognized. And I think that this is more than anything for me. This is been the critical success factor because my team is my team is top notch and they enjoy working for me because I make sure they're recognized and I make sure that each person is benefiting in their career from being with me and that could be learning new uh learning something new handling something at a higher level being chosen for a project things that it's not just a day-to-day same it's a new experience all the time now i think this could segue nicely into um of course, your discussion that I mentioned at the beginning regarding millennials and what what can you share with us? What, where along the line did you say, hey, we have to change how we're relating to this, this age group? Right. Um, I started noticing pretty early on when I joined the ASPCA that things here were a little different. First of all, I could see that um, most of our staff seemed to be, you know, young. They were energetic. They loved animals. They were really vested in our mission. But things were different. When we would have a meeting on a topic that I would think, you know, just a few few finance folks and, you know, one or two people from another uh, department might be involved, I'd see uh, a lot of people at the table, and I would be thinking to myself, I don't know, why Why do we have all of these other people? We have people from communications, we have people from human resources, we have people from business operations, and I started to, you know, kind of study what was happening, and I found that collaboration of across different department lines was really key in this organization. 
And as I read about millennials in the workforce, I saw that that was a constant theme where people from different parts of the organization would be involved in a collaborative process. So a lot of collaboration, a lot of cross-functionality, and I found as I you know, looked at this more and more that it really is a very energizing and exceptional way to work because people get opportunities to learn more about finance. My team learns more about, you know, human resources or communications or development and because everyone has more knowledge about how the business operates, we can do a better job. Now, I think what you're you're sharing says that you arrived in a more collaborative culture, or were there steps that you took to help it become more collaborative? And what I'm getting at is so many finance leaders today are finding that they have to become and their teams have to become more collaborative and they're they're trying to sort out how to do that but here was a culture that was already collaborative is that is that what that, you were saying that's correct the culture was already collaborative uh i just you know i hadn't worked any anywhere where it was to this extent and i do believe it's because we do have so many millennials in this organization. I think that that was what was driving the collaboration here. But once, you know, we started to embrace it, we really started to enjoy it. And although a lot of, you know, my team hadn't worked in that type of environment, we really love the working style here now. What is it about millennials that uh, uh, perhaps uh, makes them more collaborative than others? Is it that they want a big picture? They don't want to be siloed. They don't yeah. like the uh, sort of the confinement. They like. They do like the big picture. They like. You know. Again. Um, you know. This is a, a very capable, um, energetic, smart generation with a lot of ability and they want opportunities to demonstrate and also assist where they can in order to further the mission. Do you think what you're doing in this organization can be applied in others, given the fact that it is so unique and you have these people, this workforce that is so passionate, other organizations don't have that. Well, that that is true. I mean, we do have um, a lot of you know passion here, but I, I've noticed like even in other not-for-profit in companies I've been with, that it does seem people do gravitate towards the not-for-profit environment and that they're passionate about. So if they're passionate about you know uh, feeding the homeless. They, people in those organizations are equally as passionate. 
And I know even people that work in like the fine, uh, the uh, fashion industry or the the you know cosmetics industry, they're equally as passionate about like fashion or cosmetics or you know. So I think that it's really finding a, a niche for yourself of of what you know you love. I mean, as I said, people that you know. People can be passionate about, you know, working in in Macy's and seeing, you know, all of the, you know, the great new things that they can get out onto the shop floor. We're going to now come to our mentoring round where we ask you several quick questions uh, to offer advice to aspiring finance leaders. Have you had a mentor or mentors during the course of your finance career? Yes, absolutely. Um. My first, you know, mentor was someone who was, he was a CPA and he was in the finance industry. And I had, you know, I learned a lot from him. Uh, this is when I was in school and I was an intern and I was interning in, uh, you know, a financial company. And, uh, he just took me under his wing and he was happy to show me some, you know, things things that he felt would be helpful for me in the future. One of the things he said that, you know, everything needs to look presentable. You know, your numbers could be all right, but if, you know, the document, it doesn't look eye-catching or it doesn't look like, you know, it's crisp, that people are not going to, you know, regard it very highly. So to make sure everything that you present looks really perfect. Now, is there a piece of advice that you wish someone had shared with you at the at the start of your CFO career? What would that piece of advice have been as you stepped into that office for the first time? Um, I I wish someone had expressed to me just how important communication is in these roles. You know, we're all focused on, sometimes we're focused on the numbers, we're focused on getting the information correct, we're focused on making sure we meet deadlines. But I have discovered more and more as being a CFO that communication is one of the most important and the ability to communicate well with others is really the most important um, skill at this at this time. Now, do you have a personal habit that you believe has contributed to your professional success? What would that be? I'm I'm very curious. I listen well to others. And then if I feel that there's something I personally didn't understand I or I need to know more about in order to feel comfortable, I will do a lot of research on my own. Johanna, would you have a book you'd like to recommend to aspiring finance leaders? Yes. Um, at this time, um, I am reading through and I'm really enjoying, and I think it's an important work, a book called An Everyone Culture, Becoming a Deliberately Developmental Organization. It's by Robert Keegan, 
and Lisa Laskow Leahy, and it's the Harvard Business Review Press. What this book discusses is that it is really important for an organization to to have everyone working on improving their own knowledge and helping others to overcome their own internal barriers to change and use opportunities for personal and company growth. Thought Leader listeners, don't go anywhere. We have more of our interview after these words from our sponsor. You want smart, clear, and honest guidance to help you meet the financial goals of your middle market business. With U.S. Bank, you have a partner who will help you find the right solutions to help your organization reduce payment costs, enhance control, improve cash flow, and expand your spend visibility. U.S. Bank's dedication to making ethical decisions and doing the right thing is at the heart of what they do, and their efforts haven't gone unnoticed. They've been named a 2017 World's Most Ethical Company for the third consecutive year by the Ethisphere Institute. To learn more, visit uspayment.com slash middle market. Johanna, what are your priorities as a finance leader over the next 12 months? Over the next 12 months, I would like to get my team to understand the different business operations in other areas of our organization to a larger extent. I also want to build KPIs and dashboards that will help each area of the organization manage their uh, operations to a, a larger extent. And those are the things I'm focusing on right now. Johanna Richmond, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. At CFO Thought Leader, we wanted to give you, the listener, some added clout when it comes to selecting next season's CFO guests. We call it Listener's Choice. And in the months ahead, our Listener's Choice guests will enjoy some added box office clout as we advance the CFOs you most want to hear from into next season's CFO lineup. To learn more about CFO Thought Leader's Listener's Choice, visit us at cfothoughtleader.com or go ahead and email me at jack at cfothoughtleader.com. Hey, one last thing. It's no secret when we originated CFO Thought Leader, it was with iPhone users in mind. Android users, we have neglected you. And so to make amends, We just released a CFO Thought Leader mobile app just for you. It's now ready for download on Google Play and Amazon Android Markets. No matter what world you're part of, thank you for listening.